from Will. Hello. Good morning, afternoon, whatever time of the day it is. I'm Mary. I have James here with me. Um, James has quite a bit of work that he has done in regards to LGBTQ Amish. He is a published poet. Do you have some words for us, James? I just may have. <laughs> oh, yeah? I can't yeah. wait to hear this. So, um, this is my newest book. Um, it is an anthology from Belt Publishing. It's called oh, Sweeter Voices Still, an LGBTQ anthology from Middle America. <clears throat> and it, yeah, again, from Belt Publishing, and you can also find it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or wherever you get your book. Um, and in addition to my own poetry, um, this book contains um, a letter from another gay Amish author. So I'm going to open our Sunday service. Oh wait, it's not <laughs> Sunday, is it? It's like no, we have a special, special minister today. You know, we have to have a special <laughs> service for a special <laughs> minister. <laughs> okay. Um, so the poem that I'm going to read from you for you. The, the title is redacted. Um, and just for clarification, the word that um, that I won't repeat um, is, is a racial slur used against Native Americans. It starts with an S and it has a V in it. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. So here it goes. The Swartz Family History Book describes our settler forebears thus. The redacted word were only 40 years removed when the Swartzes settled Burn, Indiana. Old order colonization for an Alpine messiah. Worth crossing an ocean for. Worth dying for. Worth crying for. On sacred ground, not their own. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it says uh, a lot. Just to briefly touch on, obviously, um, the point is is obvious, but um, there has there has not been much talk in the Amish community about land back initiatives for Native Americans. Um, Amish are, you know, a large land owning population and um, they are on stolen Native American land um, for which they do not apologize, for which they um, do not in any way make replications. I mean, this is this has always been an ongoing like um, issue with me is you know, um, how can, how can, you know, like, I would ask my father, like, you know, so we're Christian and we're on Native American land that's stolen. So how are we Christian? 
we went round and round about this several times. Um, but it, it, it's a it's a point that I like to make every once in a while um, because it is an issue that really isn't addressed in our community, which is um, yeah that that we owe Native Americans a lot of land. So whoever wants to give it up first, you know. <laughs> well, and and the thing is, is that's that's once again like one of those things where. Um, as an Amish person, when you're compliant, like you have no recourse, there's no space for you to be held to even have that argument where there's any opportunity for growth or any opportunity for being like, okay, so we, we did wrong to the indigenous, indigenous people and, mm-hmm. and we owe them this and mm-hmm. there's no mm-hmm. understanding for that. And that also applies to like, have you ever had the argument about gay Amish people? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Think about that. And, and, like, and, and also, you know, um, there's probably Amish out there. There's probably a lot of Amish out there that are unaware that they're on stolen Native American land. Or, you know, they don't think about that at all. It is completely not in their thought process whatsoever. Right. And that's what you get when you get like an education that's completed by a teacher that has an eighth grade education that never actually like, you know, they're, they're doing it with these school books that are published by, what is it, pathway publishers generally. And they're very limited in what they teach, like our geography classes. So we, we had like seventh grade had geography and eighth grade had, had history. And there was six months of it in both of them. And it was published by pathway publishers and if I remember correctly, don't quote me on that. But it, it was kind of like this thing, like the church approves all the textbooks anyway, so that you don't get like appropriate textbooks in the first place. So how would mm-hmm, they know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not excusing yeah, you know, it, but it's asking the question of how would you know if you don't have an adequate education? Right. Um, like I went to public school, kindergarten through eighth grade. And I had, you know, like Mennonite cousins that went to like the Mennonite school down the road. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, like growing up, I just assumed that we got basically the same education, except maybe they had some Bible classes thrown in, you know, like, and I don't even know if they had math class. I mean, I'm sure they did, but I mean, you know, like there was no science class, there was no history class. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what education are you getting exactly? And today, those same people are now um, victims of right-wing disinformation. And um, they're not among the several plain or Mennonite people that ended up storming the Capitol in January. However, they are definitely in that crowd. And I am sorry for it, because that is one ugly rabbit hole to go down. Uh, Yeah. You, you could definitely say that. Like, for real. Hey, Spencer. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? <laughs> um, that is an ugly rabbit hole. And it's, um, you know, kind of like in the same token. I don't know if you heard, like, some of the um, things that we talked about on, like, Coffee with Elam. Like, how we talked about um, racism. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, this 
this just falls into, I feel like it just falls into the same category because racism is a similar thing that we're, our people teach and promote and kind of like create this inner bias within you. And unless you're like made aware of that, you can't evolve past that. But in order to be made aware of that and be held accountable for that, you have to actually have an awareness that those things exist and an openness to learn new things or to just continue learning. Like, you know, some people are lifelong learners. But I also feel like that applies to the LGBTQ Amish because, you know... Did you ever have an Amish gay person in the community? Yes, absolutely. And? Um, they are probably still in the Amish community. They are probably even more in the closet. And uh, in, in this particular case, um, like, I don't know how many people know personally that he's gay. But, I mean, it's pretty obvious from his sort of flamboyant behavior, his flamboyant behavior, from his emotional connection with women, his avoidance of other men. I mean, there's a lot of things that you could factor into that. And, you know, it's just not, it's one of those things that aren't talked about, right? <laughs> right. It's so taboo. It's not even talked about. It is, which which actually, it brings me, before I forget, um, the, the other... The other Amish writer uh, in Sweeter Voices still is an anonymous writer, and his letter is called Letter to the, the Prodigals. The Prodigals. Oh, and, so the Shen he, people, the Opgang. Yeah, and he talks about, um, in, in this letter, he talks about um, another gay Amish guy that leaves the church but then has to come back because he can't make it in the outside world. And it's oh. an incredibly heartbreaking letter. In addition to Sweeter Voices Still, we have a book called um, Serpent in the Garden by James yep. A. Cates. And this is a, a Amish sexuality in a changing world. Um, it's a book of uh, academia. Um, when my, when my own first book of poetry came out, the literary party growing up gay and Amish in America, he wrote a very nice review about it. Um, and then, you know, 10 years later, he comes out with this book and, um, I really thank him for writing this. And also this includes a letter, another an anonymous letter by a gay Amish writer. Um, so between these two books and my own stuff, there is a small body of LGBTQ Amish literature. Out there. Right. And, and this is like my life work because, you know, I remember knowing that I was gay and trying to find information about gay Amish at the library, you know, and and there is there, none. there was nothing. There's nothing, and now, and now there is. There's a couple books on that, for that shelf, and that is absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, as the Amish church grows larger every year, 
yeah. there's more there's more gay Amish people out there. Lesbian, I mean, somewhere somewhere out there, there's a transgender Amish person who is, you know, probably struggling in yep. a really hostile environment. Yeah. Um, and we really need voices out there to combat the homophobia in the flame communities, in the Mennonite communities, um, most certainly in the Amish communities, the old order Amish, who yes. can be absolutely brutal. Um, can I add to that? Yeah, yeah, jump in. Because I think um, part of what it is, is part of what is so um, difficult is like when, when you come out, you know, there's, there's also like when I talk about the inner bias, um, what I'm referring to is like how um, there's, there's almost like a second shunning that you go through if you come out to your ex-Amish um, communities. And what happens is there's a lot of pushback against them, some very inconsiderate comments, sometimes even name calling and sometimes just flat out like removal from whatever. Um, like, for example, they'll have like ex-Amish reunions or stuff like that. So if you mm -hmm, were born mm -hmm. Amish, like you can go to those events and you can um, kind of like it, it kind of re replaces maybe the family reunions that we used to have when we were Amish, but that all gets taken from you. And so it really yeah. is like, I, I don't know if it's like the internal bias that they we already had from having been born Amish, because for me, I struggled with a lot of internal homophobia. That internal homophobia is a big, big battle. And then to have it so solidly reinforced when I finally was like, okay, I'm trying to accept myself as I am instead of making myself into something that I'm not, um, mm -hmm. that that was pretty heartbreaking and almost like a second shunning, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I would just ask that, like, if you're listening to this, please, please, people, like, if somebody tells you, like, something that you're saying is or could be harmful, maybe, like just kind of evaluate what you've said because usually there's a reason they're talking about that and even though you may not see it as being homophobic or transphobic or you may not see that but if somebody's asking you to think about that please really look take a hard look at what you're saying to people that have come out that were born Amish Absolutely. oh we have a comment so many explained people hasn't disposed. Yeah, what do you th what do you say about that? Um. Well, when I you know when I came out as gay, one of my Amish sisters says, "Well, you know, you have AIDS now." And, <laughs> Misinformation. Um, so I, I, I went around for six months as a teenager, thinking I had some incurable, fatal disease that I was going to die from, and no one bothered to tell me otherwise. <sighs> And, you know, and so I can imagine, you know, um, what, what any Amish, any typical Amish kid is going to, is going to get things thrown in their face, you know, whether it's AIDS or whether it's the sinful gay lifestyle or, you know, there's, there's the usual grab bag of, of homophobic things that people go for. And actually, well, I have, I have this stack of books <laughs> beside me. And I have this book here, which I've actually talked about a little bit. Um, it's called Christianity, Social Tolerance, and Homosexuality by John Boswell. And yeah. it, has, it has an entire, 
an entire um, section devoted to um, pushing back against the scriptures that people like to throw at gay people. And um, what I mean, <laughs> one of just, just off the top of my head, the scripture that I like to throw out there is Second uh, Samuel one twenty six. You can Google it, but um, it, it's it's a lot of fun watching uh, people twist themselves into pretzel shapes trying to interpret this Bible verse. So again, Second <laughs> Samuel one twenty six. Google it. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, that sounds like fun. Mm-hmm, it is. It is. But yeah, um, I I would say that yes, there is a definite need for like when um, I think that when you start dealing with the internal homophobia, you have to like deal with biblical teachings that you have, were given as an Amish person. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and that book Absolutely. is an excellent resource. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> I really appreciate mm-hmm. it. Um, I know that there is a place where um, there is a, isn't there a website where like uh, the born Amish gay people can go to like the LGBTQ community can go to and like they can all write out their stories anonymously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, there is a small group. It's called it. The website is uh, www.lgbtamish.com. And uh, that was started by a gay Amish guy named Tad, and his partner, Jeffrey. And um, there's, there's a page where you can uh, share your story or read other stories. And um, if you are in need of any assistance, like your day and you're trying to leave the Amish and you need documentation or you need birth certificate or you can get social security card or whatever you may need they will try and help you get that <clears throat> so that, that's a big thing with people that leave the amish is documentation and and birth certificate like some some amish don't don't even have social security numbers yep and the thing about that is is there are many many stories like there are stories on that website where people have been able to write up some of their stories and i i think that's that's something like for example i i left in 2004 that's when i mm-hmm. uh, like been fatschbrunge <laughs> <laughs> which means i ran away essentially but mm-hmm. but like i left in 2004 okay and ironically believe it or not tomorrow that will be exactly 17 years oh and wow. way back then think back <laughs> in like 2004 did we have resources like that we didn't even have that james no no social media didn't even come along until like 2009 2010 right yeah right yeah So I I think it's beautiful that we're here today and we can have this conversation that uh, we haven't been able to have and that we do have some resources that we've never had. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I I, I would say that things are uh, moving in the right direction. Um, We have enough gay ex-Amish people out there to, to help the ones that need help that are still in the church. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if there's any any gay Amish um, watching this episode at some point, I would I would tell you to to um, 
I wouldn't tell you to leave the Amish. I mean, it, it, if you are really seriously happy there, then knock yourself out. You know, if that's really what makes right. you happy, you know. Um, but if but if you are gay and you want to live your truth and you want an open and authentic relationship in your life, um, then uh, you definitely need to um, leave that. Leave the Amish for sure. For sure. Well, and it, I mean, I feel like um, part of what you were talking, that's, that's a beautiful message, but one, like even, even so far as like just um, leaving and stuff like that, like there's resources there for you. There's resources out there for you. There are people that will help you get the things that you need in order to be successful. So you don't um, fail at not being Amish. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, um, and going back to a point that the um, the letter raises is, you know, um, like you and I, like you know, we left the Amish. However, there's um, people that leave the Amish that have to go back to the Amish because they can't make it on the outside in the outside world. Mm-hmm. And um, some people go back and forth quite a bit. And, you yes. know, it's like a constant struggle. And, um, yeah, so with so when they leave and we can provide resources for them, then, you know, um, they don't have they're not they're not forced to go back to their community so that they have shelter and food or, you know, whatever employment. Um employment they have assistance getting a driver's license a birth certificate um, mm-hmm, so- mm-hmm. social security number um education that's a big one you education. know and 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 truthfully like when you when you do leave like part of the challenge is like are you able to access resources that are available to you and do you even know that those resources exist because right. what Amish right. kid knows what a, a 4.0 GPA is? Mm-hmm. Or what's a grant mm-hmm. to go to college? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is true. Or, or how do you apply for your FAFSA? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or what is a student loan? Right. We, don't, right. we don't know those things. But my point is, is I want you to know that there are people that will help you figure out how to navigate the English world. They will try to help you be successful so you can truly have an informed choice versus feeling like you have nothing else left and you have to go back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All set. Yes, we have another comment. I think it is wonderful, everyone opening up, sharing stories, shining a light on everything. It will help so many i think i hope so mm-hmm. i really mm-hmm. really hope so um, oh <clears throat> how many how many what what is like the rough amish population in america right now like isn't it like 200 to 300,000 something like that and these people don't use birth control so they have anywhere from like you know most of them don't use birth control but some you know, they're they're always the fence jumpers in every community. Um, so when you have the fence jumpers, you know they may do stuff <laughs> like um, I know an Amish woman that had a that had a complete hysterectomy. She only had four children, and the church had a fit about that. Oh <laughs> boy, how dare you! 
Mm-hmm. But the point mm-hmm. is, is they're they're rapidly um, increasing in numbers because they do have large large families because of that lack of birth control. Right, and so statistically, um, there's you know probably several thousand gay Amish people out there. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, queer, questioning. We don't um, know what we are, but we're different. Right. And, you know, a lot of Amish do have smartphones. However, <laughs> not everyone does. <laughs> and, you know, if you're going to if you're going to announce to your parents that you're gay, <laughs> it may not go well and you probably won't get a smartphone as a reward. So, <laughs> James, how dare you dispel the myths? You can't say that Amish don't Amish have smartphones. That's not the popular thing to say. I mean, but the truth is, is a lot of Amish have smartphones. So, okay, just just to um, FYI, our um, viewers. Um, so, before the show, Mary and I were talking about various things, and one of the things that we agreed needs some pushback on is the the myth that Amish do not get social security or help from the government personally personally my father was on social security and he depended upon social security for groceries um you know um i know a lot of amish people that have social that receive social security so i don't know who started the myth that amish don't get government help but that is so not true Ah, him, my stepfather. <laughs> Let's talk about that for a minute. He had a triple bypass surgery. And for those who are unaware of what that is, he had um, his arteries um, in his heart were clogged. And so what they did is they did a triple bypass, three of the arteries. Um, they made a bypass with a graft. And it's a major surgery, costs a lot of money. And guess who paid for it? Good old Medicaid. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It wasn't the Amish church. Those rich Amish didn't pay for it. And we sure weren't rich. It was Medicaid. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that's a myth. Facts. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, another thing we kind of touched on, and I hope that um, Mary and Elam uh, do an episode, um in the future about this topic but yeah financial inequity within the amish community how there's poor amish and how there's rich amish um yes and how that sort of how that yeah um, yeah so that one james you're probably mm-hmm. gonna have to come talk with us about that one you're bringing <laughs> yeah, up I mean, so, that's a whole um, topic for another day yes um, that but, and, but yeah. and then and then another thing that we talked about you want to talk about this one how about okay. drugs in Amish? How about that? Okay. That's a whole um, other episode too, but that is that is. But um for for anyone that wants wants, you know, um to know a little bit about that, um the the Amish that I grew up with in southern Michigan and also in northern Indiana are pretty much all methods. And they get their meth from the, the the Trump crowd, the bikers for Trump crowd, that whole, you know. Um, 
yeah, that whole that whole group of people, the people that you know probably ended up storming the Capitol in, in January. You know, I'm sure there's a few Amish methodlers in that crowd. Um, but it is a I, I, I'm not trying to be facetious, but it is a huge problem within the Amish in Indiana. It is a problem with the Amish in Michigan. Um, and you, um, they, they can't, they can't really go to, um, rehab. And they don't. So um... if, if you're, if you're a typical Amish kid and let's say you're during, you're in your room spring phase and you get addicted to a drug, we'll say meth, um, you're, you're pretty much you know, on your own. You know, if you can quit cold turkey, good for you. But if you can't, and you're struggling. Uh, you're going to have a lot of problems. I mean, I have personally witnessed this from other Amish kids in, you know, in, in, um, in our district, in our community. And it, yeah, it is definitely a huge issue. It's a huge problem. And it will be a problem next week, next month, next year. Because it's a problem. And the other part of that mm -hmm. problem is, is they don't have any licensed, like, substance abuse counselors. And more than likely, you know, yeah, we're going to do, we have to do a whole episode on this. Because, like, there's so much, so many aspects of it. It's just, it's good to at least mention it. Right, right, right. Um, but, yeah. So, um, going back to our viewers, we have somebody talking about getting an outside job. It was really weird. Hmm. Oh, let me go back to that real quick. It's like, if you are, my cats are being mean to each other. <laughs> if you have an Amish job and you get outside of the community, a lot of times you won't have any job history or references that you can prove. And like, if they contact the Amish person, they won't give you a good reference because you're no longer in good standing with, um, with the, um, church, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which, yeah, that can be a really big problem. And that's something where we're saying like to you, if you are an LGBTQ Amish person and you want to get out, like there are people here who will help you navigate that. There are people here who will help you access the resources that you need to be able to have a job. Good point. That is a really good point. Oh, hey, look, we're doing it, James. We're doing it. We are doing it. <laughs> and, oh, do you want a hug, Joe? Let's have a hug. We got you. You're mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. Oh, and and going back to this, drugs are a huge problem in northern Indiana. Hey, mm. Earlier, we were talking about something else about, like, um, the dating and how, like, you know, they try to convince you. They try to convince you, like, so I have a whole, like, I mean, I don't know, like, theory of, like, when... When you take the LGBTQ Amish and you now try to force them to do this, like, do you think that some of those people are addicted because they're just looking for um, something to take away the pain of the life that they're being forced to live? Uh, that's a possibility. I mean, 
that that seems very reasonable assumption to me. Um, you know, um, I think on 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 a, on some level, all Amish people are unhappy. You know. Yeah, kind of. I can understand that for sure. I mean, I, I wouldn't that, disagree. That, that is not to say that I don't know people. You know, Amish people that are happily Amish, but are they yes. are, are they completely happy? No. You know. Yeah. I like. Do um, they still live in fear? Mm. That's the question I always have to ask myself. Do they still live in fear? Right. Do you right. do you fear what the church is going to do? Do you fear what your parents are going to do? Like, let's talk mm -hmm. about the whole setting your cap for somebody and how the how the communities like to um, kind of like um, encourage or even almost like facilitate a match between people because they want well well that guy is from a good family you should like set your cap for him like you know. They'd make a, they'd be a good provider or, or that girl would make a good wife. Like, did you ever experience that? I did. I did. Um, so just to reiterate um, uh, of how I actually left the Amish was I just stopped going to Sunday services and I also um, did not get baptized and join the church. Um and around the age of 18 or so, that's about the time when you start getting really hardcore pressure. I mean, it can be earlier, but, you know, that's about the, if, you, if you're not joining the church by 18, you're going to get talked to about that real soon. Oh, yeah. And so I was aware before I stopped going to services um, that there was an Amish family in our community, and they had daughters, and I was being... <laughs> I, I just being... gotta laugh at you. This is like so. Oh. <laughs> I I, oh. I I was being talked about as a potential mate for their daughters. Which one? I don't know. All of them. Several. I mean, you know, like it, I guess it really didn't matter on their end. Eh. But um, you know, and then my my dad brought it up, and you know, well, you you join the church, and then you get a wife and get married, and da 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 da. -da. And I was like, Dad, I'm gay. And he was like, oh, well, you know. And it's like, you know, why would I want to get married to an Amish woman knowing that I'm gay and, like, live a life in the closet, which is not fair to me because it denies me my authenticity. And it's not fair to her for the same reason. Um, no, no. This is why Amish need, you know... To step into the 21st century, because things that work in the, the 17th century do not work now. <laughs> well, then, Dating no, rituals like... from the 17th century are not applicable in the 21st century. <laughs> well, and, and can I can I touch upon like the whole like it's expected to join church? Yes, yes. I got baptized because and I joined the church because one, I didn't have the option of leaving at that point in my life, but two, 
um, it was easier to get baptized than it was to deal with the coercion to be, to get baptized. Like, you know, that whole, like the talking to and the stuff like that. Like, it's almost like there's a love bombing or bribery of sorts going on. Cause I had sat there and watched one of my older brothers not join the church when it was time. And, you know, there was a whole thing about it. And it was like the most um, specific one of them that I remember. And the one that like really just was like, are you kidding me? So there were two things. He had this favorite color. He had a green crush velvet buggy seat. Okay. That's what he wanted. I think we had one. So he was allowed to have that green crush velvet buggy seat. And he was mm -hmm. allowed to, I repainted his bedroom for him in the color that he wanted. And then once he got baptized, he had an me which is the 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 church or the do you know the church where they read off uh, the church uh, rules okay yeah yeah um they had a they had a atnings me and they um had gotten together at the dinofasamling which is the counseling with the ministry where they decide what rules the community has to follow mm -hmm. and they write their their rules letter and they um, outlawed green buggy seats. So really, yes. And then he also got talked to, and his room had to be repainted again because that color was no longer appropriate. And so I'm like, that's that's like really asinine. So first off, he can only have it until he does whatever the hell you want him to, and then you're going to like take it away again. Yeah. Yeah. Like like I would consider that to be like almost like when a narcissist like love bombs somebody like that. Mm -hmm. Except it's I, coming from the church. I, I remember going to um an Amish an Amish kid that I went to school with. I you know, like he was a friend and I stayed the night at his house and I remember um his parents were completely horrified because I had a purple sweater and apparently the color of <laughs> purple is taboo. <laughs> Because they consider you... it um, the color of royalty or whatever, but it was completely like you know, I, I it was it was almost like I was wearing non Amish clothing, you know, like blue jeans. <laughs> like hey James, they were completely horrified. Hey James, mm -hmm. we weren't allowed to wear the color purple because that was Jezebel's color. Ah, uh -huh. so were you trying to be a Jezebel with me? Welcome. I welcome <laughs> you with open arms. <laughs> Sorry. That's great. I mean, I thought the sweater looked fantastic. It looked very nice. And so I didn't understand their outrage. And I was, my dad was like, well, you know, that's just what they believe, you know, like, it's fine, you know. There's a thing about Amish defending other Amish and their beliefs. Like, you know, oh, right. well, but I don't believe that, but I could see how they would believe that. But, you know, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> no, um, we have a few more comments. Okay, I know okay. of a couple of Amish guys who committed suicide during Rumspringa because they were gay and women who married to. Oh, you're talking about the whole, like, you know, how they try to fix, like, your your sexual attractions and all of that stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. that's yeah. absolutely horrifying because on one hand, you know, you're being, we're pressured. talking about conversion therapy now. It, yeah, exactly yeah. that. 
That's what you're talking yeah. about. Is it's yeah. and and your choices are literally so you have this conversion therapy, which is what it is. Let's call a spade a spade. It's also mm-hmm. the same thing that they did to me when I was five and I tried to tell my parents I was gonna grow up and marry a woman. And that's when the abuse, the sexual abuse started. I was five years old for fuck's sake. Excuse mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. It's not even an excuse me. It's like, how dare you do that to a child? And I fear that there are more children that are being treated that way the more and more that like people evolve. So I had this and- distinct this distinct memory of like being with my ex Amish sister at a grocery store and I was like maybe 10, 11. And um Picture like, I don't know, like picture like Michael Jordan, picture a basketball player, you know, with the real, the really muscular, beautiful bodies and, you know, sexual energy walks by and, you know, again, I'm this 10 year old Amish kid and I don't even think I've seen a person of color in my life, right? I mean, other than in a magazine or something, because the Amish community is completely white and um yeah i remember this bolt of electricity going up and down my spine and like i was too young like puberty hadn't kicked in yet but like i knew that this was like a major earth-shattering event for me and i didn't understand it and i remember my sister saying james close your mouth stop staring (laughs) (laughs) dude like so so we had a leather shop and I was either four or five, but anyways, yeah. we had this leather shop and I followed this lady around our leather shop for however long she was at the leather shop. I can't tell you, I could describe her to a sketch artist today. I just knew I was going to grow up and marry a woman like her. <laughs> Seriously. But anyway, so the point is, is, Either you have conversion therapy or you have shunning. So yeah, you're, if you're gay and Amish, your future is really bright. <laughs> uh, that, that leads to, oh, that's a really bright future. Ooh, yeah. which, which evil should I choose today? <laughs> Do I want to lose my whole family, my community? Do I want to be shunned because I have sexually immoral thoughts? Like, you know, they're impure because I'm attracted to the same gender as me. Or... Do I want to try to pretend it doesn't exist? But here's the thing is it keeps coming up and there's nothing I can do about it. What do I really want to do with my future? (laughs) So bright and sunshiny. Absolutely. Uh, So, uh, yeah, um, I'm glad that um, the ex-Amish people that have, you know, platforms are speaking out and trying to help those that are, you know, stuck in the Amish um without technology we still wouldn't you know we still wouldn't have been there would be this barrier between us you know um yes like um yeah um I I mean I remember we I think I was with the same sister as a matter of fact and we were going somewhere (laughs) and there was you know there was a house and she said oh so-and-so lives there and da 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 
and he was gay and i think he may have been from a plain background as well but like nobody talked about him or anything right like oh well you know well you know what and i and i asked all these questions about him and it was just this really uncomfortable we need to shut this conversation down right now you don't need to know anything about him and the truth is i did need to know i mean I, i i needed to um i needed a a living role model, you know, I needed, I needed someone to say, you know, Hey, change your gay. There's other gay people out there. This you're not gay. alone. Right. You're not alone. And when you're Amish, they kind of take the opposite track with you. Like, you know, um, you're the only one with this problem, you know, this very rarely comes up, but now that, but now that it has, you know, you're in big trouble. Yep. So, and um, yeah, so shall if, we? If, if any gay Amish are listening, there's a lot of gay Amish people. Out there. And you're not alone. There's gay lesbians, there's alone. trans lesbian, there's trans um, Amish people. There's uh, just a wide, wide variety of LGBTQ Amish mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. out there. You are mm-hmm. not alone. And I know mm-hmm. in my community, like, um, so we had a couple that a lesbian couple that moved into the community. And this is some, one of my most like, holy crap, like they bought land right smack dab in the middle of an Amish community. And they had I this little it. farm. <laughs> and the thing is, is it was so taboo. Like we don't oh, talk sure, to them. Sure. We don't even acknowledge them. We don't even talk mm-hmm. about them. Like it's mm-hmm. just so shrekly. And that means it's so horrible for our viewers that don't understand that. It's so (laughs) strictly like we just don't even talk about those kinds of people. They're sinning. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I have I have people um, both Amish and non-Amish in my immediate and non-immediate family that I will never see again, you know, and that's just a fact of life. If I uh-huh. were to see them, if I were to go seek them out, it would not be, you know, a happy conversation because they would be looking down their nose at me and um, I would probably be looking down my nose at them. So <laughs> they probably gossip about you in church on Sunday on their um, false prayer chain where, you know, they gossip about everything. You should you mm-hmm, should pray mm-hmm. for James. OK, mm-hmm. shall mm-hmm. we be repentant today? Nope, I'm still unrepentant. I'm good. Um, we, have, we have more comments. Okay. When my cousin, trans woman, tried to leave, the men of the church got very threatening with her and one even clo- choked her. What? Oh. No. So- ah, did, did you see that, James? Yeah, I'm trying to process. Um, when my cousin tried to leave, the men of the church... So, well, was it what? Do you mind clarifying what church it was? Yeah, yeah. Um, I I would like to know what church it was. If you feel comfortable sharing that, because that is absolutely, it's it's on the same level as conversion therapy. It's unacceptable. That is not okay. Mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. care if somebody's LGBTQ. At the end of the day, they're humans and they deserve human rights. Thank you. Yeah. Period. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really, uh, I really like the episode that you you did of um, 
a few weeks ago where you went through the human rights violations of the Amish church. That oh. was really And, um, yeah, we need these things in writing. Like, you know, so you're Amish. These are your rights that are being violated every fucking day. Right. <laughs> yes. Oh, and here's a follow-up on that one. And then when she still left, her parents were brought in by the church for meetings. Of course, because the sins of the fathers and the sins of the children, they rest upon each other. Of course, that's mm -hmm. exactly how they operate. Yeah. Oh, here's the church. Charity. <laughs> Not even Amish. They're just... Aren't they offspring, offshoot of Mennonite? I That's, think so. I think so. They're they're under the Anabaptist, like the plain umbrella. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's absolutely terrifying. I am so sorry. And that is not okay. That is absolutely, again, a human rights violation. It's also a constitutional violation. When you think about the constitutional um, rights that we have as American citizens, how many of those are violated? Like, I've thought about doing this in regards to, like, to especially the LGBTQ Amish people. Like, how many mm -hmm. of their constitutional rights are violated? And how many of them live in states where it's actually illegal to perform conversion therapy and they're still doing it? Doing it. Right. There's, that is a that is a really good point that you brought up and also yeah like you know um, if if um, I want to marry if I want to marry a guy I'm legally allowed to do so however mm -hmm. if I'm within the Amish church I'm not allowed to do so mm -hmm. and they that, won't that's a, that's a basic example of the Amish church violating my rights and and they won't participate. Like the, if you had like your uncle was a minister, it's customary in, in Amish circles that like your uncle's a minister. So you would have your uncle marry you. And that's just a, a ritual, a practice. Right. And if you ask him to marry you as a gay person to your partner, your husband or your wife, um, they they would they would deny you that right as well. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Hey, James. The secular wife is your family now. You've officially been adopted. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So sweet. So beautiful. And you know, um, that, that that reminds me of something else is um the lack of affection in Amish families. Like I remember, yeah, like going like you know, like um like yeah, you're you know, um you're at school, like I went to public school, so I was around non-Amish kids as well. And like, you know, like um, knowing, you know, like um, seeing parents hug their children, you know, like dropping them off at school, just seeing displays of affection like that. Like, I didn't have that, like ever. And I remember my dad, um, like I was really impressed by it, you know, and I remember that night I went home and um, I said, I love you, dad. And I had never said that before, you know, because Amish don't really do that. They're not really. So I was like, I love you, dad. And he was like, yeah, you know, love you. And then I kept saying it every night. And he, he he's like, OK, I, I need to I need to tell you a story. And I'm like, OK. And he's like, well, he's like, I knew a, a couple um, that doted on their child. They did everything for their child. They loved their child. That's all they talked about was their child. Do you know what happened to that child? 
but well, God took them away. God, you know, the child died, something, an accident in some way. And um, that was God's way of punishing them for um, putting the child over him. So this was my father's justification for not, for not being affectionate. And I'm not sure if that's across the board in Amish communities, but there's, you grew up with a real lack of affection. I mean, whether you're gay or you're straight or whatever, I mean, I'm pretty sure most Amish families do not go around hugging and, you know, bestowing displays of affection to each other. Not really. No. The first time I got a hug was when I was an adult. And really? You know, really, like, just hearing that, like, that makes me feel, like, really, really, it, it's it's infuriating. You know, I'm a parent, right? I tried to be straight for so many years, it just didn't work. And it's not going to. You can't be something you're not. Right, right. But I had a child as a result of that. And my child is a teenager, and... I literally and legitimately cannot fathom, I cannot even imagine not sharing or withholding affection from my child or even telling my child that, and more I'm I'm not gonna say a hundred and ten percent, but that story you said, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's the same story my own family used to justify the lack of affection. Yeah, maybe it's a common, you know, it's like one of those things that I just grab out of the hat, you know. Uh, and you know, I'm lucky because I got out and because I am raising my child. And I will tell you that, like, my child, like, a little bit, they they get to show affection how they want to. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and to me, just, like, sometimes revisiting where we came from and where we're at now is just such a vast, vast difference, like, you know, the lack of affection is real. And I think there it are is, problems it around it. Like that. Like I, I, w- I was completely shocked when I was a teenager, you know, and I'm like hanging out with my non-Amish friends and like, you know, like their sister or brother is calling them like just to say hi, you know, yeah. and like it's a thing. And it's like, well, why is your sibling calling you? What's wrong? You know? Oh no, we call each other every day. What you do? Why? Like, you know, like I, I had you no talk idea. Talk regularly? Regularly, like unbelievable. Um, like I have, like all of my siblings, I haven't talked to them in like ten years, and um, I, I did have some phone conversations, um, but it just got awkward and weird. And my brother, my like one of my brothers, told me that I used too much profanity on the phone, and he doesn't like it. <laughs> And it's true, I I do use a lot of profanity, (laughs) especially when I'm passionately discussing something. I mean, there's... um, Yeah, if it wasn't that, it would be another reason. But, you know, um, I've made peace with the fact that, you know, I have siblings out there that I will probably never see again. Um, You know, COVID COVID has hit the Amish. And despite the funny (laughs) memes that you may have seen about Amish not getting COVID... That is so not true. Look, Amish cemeteries are getting bigger daily. Can I just interject here? Yeah. But it's God's will, James. <laughs> okay, done. No, 
I may have seen the memes. I know that it's hit them. I know that they're not compliant. I know that they don't do whatever they're supposed to be doing in the first place. I know that they just, it's God's will. Everything is God's will except gay people being born in the U.S. Yeah. Hold up. Are you saying God made a mistake (laughs) when he made us? Did he make a mistake? Oh, wait. Are you questioning the, the wisdom of your God right now? Yes, yes. Blasphemy. Did the Gutman fuck up? Oh, oops. <laughs> Did God fuck up? <laughs> That's what I'm asking. Are you his enforcer now? Do you get to... Mm-hmm. Oops. So, um, yeah, like, you know, um, I, I'm actually, <clears throat> you know, like, to give you an example, like shunning, right? How, how it affects my life personally. Yes. Okay, so I haven't seen my siblings in like 10 years if i was to call them on the phone we would just have a shouting match and that would be that and um um you know uh we're in a pandemic and i could die or they could die or at least get really really sick Mm -hmm. they they have i don't know i could have a sister or brother die and i wouldn't know like if it's if someone puts it on social media i might find out but otherwise, I'm not going to. I have no idea. So, yeah, I have family. I don't even know if they're dead or alive. So here's my question, because, you know, let's talk about shunning things. Actually, let's talk about this comment real quick. We have okay. a viewer that has also heard that story and knows that story. Mm. Interesting. And then we have another comment. The teaching is a pyramid. God is on top. Then the bishop ministers, then the men, then the women, and then the children. Yep. Sounds legit. So, yeah, I quit quit going. Oh, um, what is the other comment? COVID is running rampant through the land. Yeah, it's not just Lancaster. It's It's all of them. All of them. Yeah. 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 Um, But you quit going to what? I quit going to... uh, Amish services when I was like 17, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, I did not attend. It's kind of like a lot of Amish go from like, if they if they leave the Amish, they go to some equally conservative church. Yes. You know, like Baptist or, or Pentecostal. I mean, they want, you know, the, yes. the, the more conservative the church, the more attractive it is, right? Because it feels comfortable and familiar to them. And it's something that is just like, that's that's what they're comfortable with. They need that authoritarian mindset, you know? Yes. Um, but so, yeah, I, I didn't go to church for years and years. And I mean, I studied a lot of different philosophies. and um, But I didn't really ever commit to any religion and i still don't um i since 2017 i have been attending the center for spiritual living and that's mm-hmm. you know wherever you're at i was in hawaii now i'm in washington um, there's different um spiritual centers and one of the things that i like about them is you know their 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 um their their motto is you know wherever you are on your spiritual path you're welcome here and it's really informal in that aspect and it's whatever you can kind of bring to the table and it's kind of general and i and i have a real deep appreciation for you know all of the people in that in the spiritual centers that i've met that's the first time i've ever had actually wholesome um 
spiritual interactions, connections. Right, right, right. Where you because, feel you know, empowered to follow your path and not the path of John down the street and Jacob over here and, you know, the yeah. bishop. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. See, and so, so if, if, if any Amish are curious, just Google Centers for Spiritual Living. Um, and just know that, you know, you have a lot of choices when you, I mean, you have unlimited amount of choices. So if you leave the Amish, you know, don't just jump into the frying, you know, from the frying pan into the fire. Take your time and see what's out there and see what actually works for you. Because right. there's a total cottage industry built on us leaving the Amish and, you know, them taking us in. Oh, you, you, you go this way, you know. Um, yeah, there's ministries devoted to us, you know, um, people that leave the Amish yeah. there. Um, and um, they're as, as homophobic and backwards as the Amish and for, for the most part. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I, I would um, venture to say that I feel like that is a very accurate statement. Thank you for making that <laughs> and, and talking about that. Um, yes. Can I talk about shunning in my life and how, like, I have a brother who hasn't been Amish for longer than I haven't been Amish. And he became a Seventh-day Adventist. You know, again, like you talk about these, they fall into these religions that they're comfortable with. Yeah. So anyways, he became a Seventh-day Adventist either right before or right after um, I came out. And okay. the thing is, is he was comfortable asking me to do inappropriate. I wouldn't say inappropriate, but more or less, he was comfortable asking me for financial help. Mm -hmm. But my wife's an abomination and we are both going to hell. And those were his last words to me. And mm. it, it's mm -hmm. like one of those things where, you know, even if he's not Amish anymore, like he again shunned me. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's, it's really just crazy. Like my, my currently Amish family does not reach out to me unless like, for example, the last time I heard from them was when they had somebody call me and say, well, Sally died. Sally is my egg donor, for those unfamiliar with that. She was um, convicted of neglect and failure to aid a victim. Um, she's dead now. Piss on her grave. It'll be good. Not that I wish her any ill, but, you know. Anyways. Um, so they had reached out to me, and they had somebody contact me to say that, well, they would really like me to attend her funeral. And I was like, why? And then I was mm. like, you know what? I'm holding up two fingers. You can guess which ones. Because what, <laughs> what had happened was, so back in 2004, when I got out of the community, um, I was being harassed by the community, by my perpetrators. Mm. And mm -hmm. um, essentially, um, what happened is the perpetrator, the last time the perpetrator harassed me via the phone, I hung up the phone with him. And I called the sheriff's department and I reported the abuse. There were five people arrested and they were all sentenced. And then in December of that year, 
my oldest um, biological brother, he had um, spinal meningitis when he was a baby. And so he, he had seizures his whole life. Like he was disabled and they always looked down on him and it was always like, oh, ha ha, like you can't get married because you're not quite like other people. It was really rude and horrible because he was a disabled Amish person. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And anyway, so he had drowned in the bathtub. And there's so many issues surrounding this. Like he drowned in the bathtub. They found him dead in the bathtub, apparently from a seizure. But here's the here's my question: Is if that was anybody except an Amish family, would they not have done an investigation to determine if there was neglect? Mm -hmm, Especially mm -hmm. oh, with my egg donor having been convicted of neglect, and not only that, but she lost custody of my youngest sister, my younger sister because mm -hmm. of the neglect like if that was not an amish family would they not have investigated that but they didn't so mm -hmm. i attend the mm -hmm. funeral with three other um born amish people and i was dressed very very conservatively like up to here with the black collar on the on the dress and a, you know ankle length mm -hmm. black dress um, they sent me to another house to listen to their sermon about how there's no hope for my soul but there's hope for my brother's soul Oh, really? And, and then I go to do the walkthrough because you know how they do the walkthrough? Because now I was no longer family. For the record, that means mm -hmm. that I was no longer mm -hmm. family. So, yeah. 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 So I go to do the walkthrough and they sent 12 men out to literally surround me and tell, the, tell us that everybody else can walk through and view him, but I can't because it's my fault that these perpetrators went to prison. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about shunning? Why would I put myself in that position again? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I heard from a family member that isn't Amish that they went to the funeral of Sally. And then mm -hmm. after the funeral, they were cornered on the porch and forced to have this whole conversation about me. Because, you know, I'm the one who destroyed the community and the family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah, a um, black sheep. So yeah, um, the the um, oh, what does the comment say? I went. I would uh, agree with that comment. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Um. When, when you are an Amish bishop, you have unbelievable power over a lot of people. And um, I'm sure there are some very fine, upstanding Amish preachers that would never, ever abuse that power. But there I'm dozen. sure there's a lot of Amish bishops that <laughs> take that football and run with it. I mean... Yep. I've heard a lot of stories um, that that literally blow my mind. Like you know, I'm I feel so grateful that I managed to to take the initiative myself and leave. You know, um, right? It's I mean, I, I I was lucky in that I had knowledge. I guess you know, like I had went to public schools. I understood, you know. 
um, what to do after leaving the Amish. You know, I need to get my driver's license. I need to get a job. I need to get a car. I need to do, you know, I need to, to, to take care of myself. Right. And, um, um, yeah, after, after, um, after I had been gone from home for some time, my dad showed up at my apartment in Florida. I was in Florida at the time. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, I'm getting older and I need someone around the house to take care of me. And, da, 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 da. and I said, okay, you know, and he's like, well, you know, I'll make sure that you're taken care of when I pass away. Okay. Well, you know, that's a job. So I did that. And then he passed away and, um, you know, my, my family completely was like, you're on your own. So, you know, I took care of my dad for years for nothing. I mean, sure, I got to spend time with my dad. I treasure a lot of memories that I have with him. Mm-hmm. However, it was under, under the understanding that this was a financial arrangement because, you know, while I'm taking care of him, I could have been, you know, actually, I mean, I was working part time, but I could have actually devoted myself to a full time job outside of the home. And um, after he passed away, my, yeah, my family was like, well, you're on your own. So, so um, I, I mean, did... I remember my, I, my, one of my brothers, I asked him for like $10 because I think I needed like shampoo or something. And I literally did not have $10. And, you know, he was like, no, you know, and I think he ended up giving me 20 bucks with the understanding that, you know, this is not cool. Like, you know, and it's like, dude, you're putting me in this position. Like, I'm taking care of your father for you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. My my family, my family really, really, you know, when when my father passed away, they they just. It, you know, because my father was gone, um, they didn't have to hide anymore their hatred or their homophobia, I guess, you know. So we'll they're like, oh, well, yeah, you're on your own. Good luck with your life. <laughs> well, I can tell you this. is I don't even know if my Amish family knows that I'm out. Oh. Literally. Well, okay. And, so- and not to mention my third one. Well, I don't want to identify this brother because I have two brothers that I have yeah, seen. Yeah, and yeah. I made the effort to go see them and they did not shun me like they're supposed to. Mm, kind of like mm-hmm. what happens after dark happens after dark and it stays in the dark, you know, like what happens in Vegas, right, kind of right. like that. Um, but in the same token, like if the bishop were to find out, They'd be um, mm-hmm. confessing in church on Sunday. And mm-hmm. also, um, I think this is in regards to the, my brother's funeral. This girl named Susan Hirschberger, she, um, I remember that day like yesterday. She happens to be one of the people that was wonderful and amazing enough to go with me. That's me too. Me too, Susan. Hey, and thank you for listening, Susan. And we have another comment. Can you guys speak specifically to what it was like growing up LGBT in Amish communities? Katie, my entire Coffee with Elam series tells you what it's like growing up LGBTQ in Amish and being trying to be converted to being straight. Not fucking cool. No. I'm so sorry. 
Um, okay, so um, if they're wanting like something specific, um, um, I guess I guess I've known two or three gay Amish people um, that would you know actually yes I'm gay yes I you know I'm without naming names um, and they've. They, they all had pretty hard lives. Um, one of them got married, a woman. Another one went back and forth with the church. I mean, it really, really not happy stories. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, the, the Amish don't want you to have a happy life. You know, if you leave and, you know, you have a great life, they're they're not gonna like that because that makes them look bad. So that's why people that leave the church are held to an example. Like, oh, did you hear that so and so got in a car accident? Oh, did you hear that so and so got really sick with yada yada yada? Well, they're not living right with the church. They're not living right with the bishop. They're not right with God. Um, Anything and everything is thrown at you. One false move, and you are you are used as a as a, a terrible <laughs> at night for Amish children everywhere. You want Have you ever heard the story of my blue hair, James? I have not. Which I love, by the way. It looks great. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Well, let me tell you about my blue hair. All right. <laughs> this is awesome. My hair's been blue for a while. <laughs> So what happened was what happened was when I well let me just tell you like first off so I've I've done like various things like streaks in my hair da 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 that kind of thing. Well, I ended up having a friend that was like, I want to dye my hair blue. This color blue is pretty beautiful. I like it, whatever, whatever. So we bleached my hair, we dyed it blue. I had a massive panic attack. Like just huge and so i started talking about it and processing what was really going on <laughs> let me tell you a story of an upgogna <laughs> this girl so when i was a little girl i loved the color blue and i wanted to make everything blue because i love blue and i loved all the shades of blue and the beautifulness of blue and all of those things right and so mm -hmm. I would hear, I would be told this story and I was told this story multiple times over of this person who ran away and they loved the color blue and they loved it more than God. And then they, they painted their toenails blue. They painted their fingernails blue and they put on makeup and they had the blue stuff around their eyes, you know, blue eyeshadow, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then last, they dyed their hair blue. And when they dyed their hair blue, God punished them for it. Because they fell over dead. <laughs> so now I've been re-dying it blue because clearly. <laughs> yeah, blue I remember. I, I dyed God my hair doesn't black. struck me dead. <laughs> I dyed my hair black when I was a teenager and my father threw a fit. I mean, he made me go to the store and get like brown hair dye or something. And it didn't work right away because it was black. So, like, it had to wash out or, or whatever. And, yeah, but he was <laughs> completely horrified. And, yeah. So, I mean, I had I had fun with hair dye when I was, a, a you know, a youngster clubbing. And I love it. It's so much fun. 
Well, and, and, you know, to get black out of your hair. I actually dyed my hair black, too, <laughs> by the way, at one point in time. Nice, nice, yeah. But in order to get black out, you have to, like, bleach it, right? Um, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. We're, we're really not talking about what it was like growing up LGBTQ and Amish, are we now? Uh, yeah. We're, no, we're, we're just talking. <laughs> well, because, like, okay, I mean, like, really, truly, though, like, it was funny. Um it's very therapeutic to dye my hair blue because God hasn't struck me dead. Thanks. <laughs> and I'm so unrepentant. I, I, so, yeah, I, I guess uh, a point, a main point that you could take away from our conversation is, you know, so if you grow up gay and Amish, you're probably growing up isolated. You're growing up without resources. You're growing up without help. And you don't have any role model to look up to. You know? Yeah, you have no representation in the community and right. no representation in the English community that you interact with because they're so forbidden that mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you're mm -hmm. forbidden from interacting with because every social interaction that you have as an Amish person pretty much has to be approved. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so. Yes, I would agree with the isolation, the being alone. I also know that some people do experience um, their version of conversion therapy, which is results in sexual assault. Sexual assault is a crime if somebody is um, doing that. You can call the National Sexual Assault Hotline, and I will put that link in the comments for you, that number in the comments for you, um, and they will help you, hopefully. Do you have any other parting words? Mm, okay. Um, yes. Um, I would say to any gay Amish out there, anyone under the LGBTQ umbrella, um, we are with you. We support you. We love you. You are not alone. We are growing stronger daily. And we're coming for every bishop out there. <laughs> oh, I'm going to say all men. Have a good day, folks. And thank you for listening. <laughs>